Hello, Earth citizens. And welcome to Into the Black Archive. <laughs> and you've already peaked a microphone, James. Yeah, already. I'm aware. I know. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that to be so loud. I'm gonna let me do that again. But I'm gonna sit like way back. Right. Okay. Count me in again. Three, two. Hello, citizens of Earth. And welcome to Into the Black Archive, Season 2, Episode 2. How are you? It's me, James Stevenson, back again with another exploration of the classic world of 1960s Doctor Who, heading into the present day, one episode at a time. Joining me on this Dalek invasion of Earth, because that's our episode this week, is Owen Cranston. Hiya. Good morning. I am definitely including our first attempt of that intro, because it's just golden. It is. Um, <laughs> what I didn't realise, listeners, was just how much that would make my microphone peak if I sat next to it. If I, if I can picture this for you, I had to then recall the dialogue. It was about halfway back in my office room, just to make sure it didn't uh, it didn't crack the mic open. So, we're off to a good start. Yeah, we're off to another solid technical start. How's your week been, Owen? Well, the thing is, it hasn't actually been much for a week for us in recording terms because we recorded the last episode three days ago yeah and we're, we're recording again <laughs> we're doing we're doing quite a hefty week of black archive at the minute but yeah. how is how has that three-day stretch been um it's been all right i've spent it pretty much editing working sleeping eating how about you uh yeah about the same working uh i've been editing for a different project um my mad eurovision one you betray and... us you edit this project, <laughs> I do other things. Uh, yes, I've been doing that and just dealing with busy work, setting into my new place. So, usual mundane stuff for me. Yeah. So we're going to have to get on to this episode very quickly, because we've both agreed previously this could be our longest episode yet. This one, listeners, is a chunky episode. Uh, it's six stories, and all of them are probably the most ambitious part of a Doctor Who story we've seen yet. And also, can I just say, it's the first time which a six-episode has felt anywhere near warranted. Yeah, if anything, weirdly, it almost feels like it could have been more Yeah, in some places. But should we, should we just go straight into it, actually? Terry Nation's The Dalek Invasion of Earth, with almost yes. no warning. Okay. Yeah. So, I have to be honest, I'm really worried about this synopsis, because I, I normally do these without any notes. And also, which is normally fine because it's normally a relatively basic storyline, but this, this one is not. So there's a good chance I'm going to miss a lot of important stuff. So please ignore that. <laughs> so, with that in mind, Owen, can you give us an idea what is the Dalek invasion of Earth? So our TARDIS team lands in Britain, but is it for the right time? We're not sure. Everything seems a little bit off. But slowly things start to appear, which seem make it seem really off. Like there's si mysterious signs about dumping bodies. Has there been a plague? Has there been a virus outbreak? We're living through one of those right now. Um, <laughs> Don't remind everyone. Um, but then the Daleks turn up with their robo-men. Their men which they've converted into robots. Um, they then meet up with some rebels. They get separated very quickly. And then they all get sent off into their own directions. They all end up in the same place somehow. We don't quite understand how. It's just magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
magic, you they, say? They, for Daleks are planning on blowing up the Earth so they can use it as a spaceship, which is definitely scientifically accurate. Don't question that. Don't um, worry about it. But where by putting a bomb to the core of the Earth, but was it a massive crater or was it just a small tunnel they could have drilled? Yes. Um, so that's about it. I know I've missed that's out a, a lot, but we're going to get yeah, over it a lot more. There's a lot missing, but the story is, it really is a hefty one. I mean, it's two hours plus of runtime, and there are pretty much three distinct plots running out the whole thing, maybe even four. But think At which, times, it is loaded. But thing which makes it different compared to last episode, where we complained about there being two episode, two plots these ones connect they start off the same and they end in the same place how yeah, they and end they're in all s- done really well how they end in the same place is a questionable i think but plot. yeah but we can we can get to that so yeah. before we go into the six episodes going one by one and following this mad wildly ambitious story um with just the best imagery yeah. you've ever seen in your life um let's have a little check-in with our four firm friends the team what is it if you're describing people as firm friends? Friends can be firm. <laughs> when was that like a bad word? Like, it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't. I'm not going to call someone a floppy friend, am I? That makes it worse. <laughs> the fact that I already know that's getting clipped, God help me. Oh no, it's staying in there. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Right, how uh, how is um, our beloved Will doing this week, Owen? So he was doing very well. Up until episode three and four. Hmm. But other than that, he was very good. Yes. What does he do in episode three and four? Well, I wonder. Uh, he falls off. Um, he gets dropped by a cast member and then temporarily paralyzes himself so he can't. That's why in the entirety of episode three, he's just sat down. And then in Jim for fourth episode, he doesn't turn up. Sorry, sorry, wait, I just thought it would be another holiday one. You're saying the man was paralysed. Yeah, um, he essentially, I don't think they showed it in the show because I was trying to find the specific point. But you know when when they show everyone rushing out of the Dalek spaceship at the end yeah. of that bit, when they, they try and attempt an ambush, which massively it fails. So they, they're essentially, they carry Will, Will Hartnell out. One of mm. the people who's carrying him collapses, which makes Will, which drops Will Hartnell. He lands awkwardly on his spine, on a piece of camera equipment, and temporarily pr- paralyzes himself. So he can just oh about... So he just about keeps going for epi- for rest of episode three, so they can at least get that bit done. So that's why he sat down for so much of it. <laughs> and then... So in at the end of episode... Start of episode four, you see him sort of like standing up and faint, don't you? Hmm. That wasn't William Hartnell. That was his body double. Oh my days! Because he had he wasn't in at all for that episode because he was at home yeah, resting. He would have just been like, "Look, your um your back's messed up. You yeah. need to keep your... Well, that's certainly a more exciting story than ah, oh, Barbara's just gone on holiday again. Barbara loves the yeah. leaves. Did you did you realize it was going to be something like that? <laughs> Honestly, no. I genuinely thought we were just going to have another typical and Will's gone on holiday conversation. No. But no, the man has nearly been killed. Yeah, so that's why I said William Hartnell wasn't okay because he wasn't okay for those two episodes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, for the other in, two, in terms for the other four, sorry. In terms of his character growth, though, excluding those episodes, it's very good. Yeah, he looked in fine fettle for the others. Yeah. So that's Will covered. How about 
Ian Chesterton. He's the standard. He's he's one of the better companions which we have currently. Yeah, and he gets to do a lot of interesting things in yes. this story. I often find that they just, because of the way Ian's character is, they throw him in all of these very kind of manly, in inverted commas, yeah. situations where he's just like, he's got to fight or he's got to get into squabbles and qualms with various men and creatures. I just love how they somehow get away with just getting the audience to accept a science teacher could do all of these things. Yeah, I have <laughs> no idea. I, I even kind of believe it because I'm just like, look, yeah. there's there's a chance that my man Ian works out. That's completely acceptable. He might just be of a strong build. He doesn't look like a bodybuilder or anything, but you know, he's he's lean enough. But there Why was not? one thing which made me laugh. I think it, it was either episode five or six when he was lifting up the. Cause he lifts up some sticks, not sticks branches essentially long yeah. long piece of wood to block the pod go which with a bomb going down for capsule i was just laughing at the fact he a never takes off his tie no matter how mm. stressful the situation is nor his jacket yeah throughout <laughs> the entire episode ian maintains excellent sartorial conduct which i realize has a lot to do with the age when it was filmed in but it just it's just hilarious yeah, I find it brilliant that they're just like, yeah, you're in a post-apocalyptic 22nd century Britain, mm. but no, the main thing is making sure that your tie is well-kept yeah. and without crease. Yes. Yeah, Ian's Ian is just his standard self. Uh, how about Barbara? Bra- Barbara, I think, thrives in this one here, because she gets... Absolutely. Bar- Barbara thrives when she's by herself. When she can't, because I feel like the other two, Doctor and Ian, story-wise, hold her back a lot of the times. They go, "Oh no, you're a woman. You can't do any of these yeah, sorts of things." Yeah, they're just like, "What do you mean?" But when she's alone, so when she was with Jenny, the one of the side characters, she really does thrive with making sure everything gets explored properly and they get to the right place, and even comes up with an idea about how to defeat the Daleks. Yeah, which ends up really being the key one. Really, I'd say Barbara probably yeah. does the main save. Yeah, but did you know? Because I, I, I do a lot of research into this using different he things. Uh, there's one specific one which I'm going to put in the description, which I'll talk about more later. But I'll leave it in the description because it's a very good video. But did you know which they initially planned to get rid of Barbara? Really? Yeah. Oh come on! So they they didn't like how the character how the characters were laid out. So they were initially going to get rid of Barbara, but then I think Carolyn Fawns husband um mm. managed to persuade them to let Carolyn Fawn go because she wasn't happy in the role yeah and in the end I think that works for everyone well mm. for everybody because that's yeah. the right thing because what we're literally about to get to is the main story of this whole six episode Dalek plot isn't to do with Daleks invading Earth it's the fact that once we get to the end the TARDIS leaves and Susan isn't on it we've got our first companion leaving us yep the original team has been broken up. Let's all have a cry. Owen will put in some memorially music in the edit, like the fake Titanic flute one, I reckon. Just you just want moment. to you just want to make this edit harder for me, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. Well, you don't have to, but it'd be funny. Uh... That's so. Oh, yeah, no, do. Susan's gone. Yeah, how did you feel? How did you feel at the end when she left? Do you know, it's an interesting one because I was literally just about to think as the episode was ending, 
wow, Susan's by far had her best episode here. Yeah. They've actually figured out a plot for her where she's able to thrive as her own character and help the others. Yeah. And she was doing very well, but it turned out that that very nice plot was really just an excuse to get her out. And yeah. you know what? I'm not too fussed because, of course, we knew that Carol didn't like being in that role and that they'd struggled to use her for yeah. anything of note before. I much prefer how they got rid of how they handled Susan's departure than they did in the modern day who when the fam get separated because when the fam get separated out in the newest episode yeah, on New Year's Day it it kind of felt like a story and then suddenly oh our people are leaving this one here actually felt like it went with the storyline yeah it really did it actually felt very natural uh, and it led to because initially that episode six ends quite earlier than you expect mm. so you think oh that's odd why have we got so much time left but it's because we're gonna have this like long emotional goodbye bit which is fully justified and yeah. works really well narratively and also means they can end the episode properly yeah the episode genuinely feels like it has a proper ending yeah the first time that like, we're not we're not constantly looking forward to the next bit which i think was a smart choice we kind of just mm. leave on that note yeah yeah so I mean, before we even get into episodes one through six, I really just want to put this out there. This is my favourite Doctor Who story so far, and it's it's really very good. I agree. I think the one area where I did think it went a bit slowly was episode four, but that was because they couldn't really do much without the Doctor being involved. Yeah, there, there's a little lapse in pace, but I think there's enough going on with, with Barbara and Ian's narratives. Yeah in that episode that you don't really mind too much even if not a lot happens yeah uh i just think overall the concept is the best one and it's just it was the perfect follow-up for the mm. daleks the perfect follow-up was to just put them in london which i think something which i i put in our general points is that this is the first time which the set feels fully utilized it feels large and it feels like the proper environments are being properly set up I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that they were using the film cameras externally to get characters leaving buildings, coming into buildings, hmm. and showing showing them landing into an actual environment, even though they did go back to the studio for those shots. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was done very well. Considering, and you could tell there was a bit more budget behind this one. I mean, yeah. it's, still, it's still only like $8.99, but it's an upgrade on the $2.70. Mm. and they really use it i mean there are some of the shots we get of the daleks just the iconography of just having them in front of nelson's column there's a reason why this episode contains some of the most iconic doctor who screenshots essentially there's a yeah, reason I mean, for these that. are the ones you think of yeah so should we go into a story of course and there is a lot of story to get through so we shouldn't delay <laughs> so many for a start episode one lays everything out in a really nice mystery thriller way and yeah. ends in the perfect way as well. It's a really good opening. Yeah, so they land in the middle... They land in, the, in London docks. They see where everything's looking a little bit run down. There's a sign behind them which says something along the lines of um, don't dump your bodies in the river. Yeah, which is terrifyingly ominous. Yeah. And then Ian, Ian and Doctor go off to adventure into a... Warehouse where Ian nearly falls to his death, standard. And then yeah, usual. Barbara and Susan stay behind the title because Susan's into herself. 
Susan and Barbara get taken away by the rebels, screaming about, oh, no, we can't leave the Doctor and Ian behind. Ian and, Ian and the Doctor work out what year it is. Do you remember what year it is? 2164. Cool, because I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is, but like I've got an image yeah. of her, uh, because they do it on that little notepad diary, don't they? Yes. I've got an image of that notepad in my head, and I'm pretty sure it's 2164. Um, and then at that point, they go back to where the TARDIS lands, and... They find out it's surrounded by Robo Men. The first introduction, proper introduction, really to um, Robo Men, and then Starlet comes out from the sea, from the river, which is such an amazing shot. Yeah, I I won't even lie. I thought that I was getting to the point with like sixties Who, where I was like, well, nothing's gonna make me properly go like, say, like with the Davies era, yeah. which is the one I grew up with, that gets me onto that level. When I saw that Dalek coming out of the Thames. Like like it's Jaws. I was I was the first thing I thought was that is the best damn shot I've ever seen on this show. That is perfect. Yeah. Which I think comes into what we we're saying before about how for use of the film shots are really helping to make the atmosphere feel better, making yeah. everything feel a lot larger. Yeah, I think they get it exactly right. And I mean the the initial part, the initial start of one, because mm-hmm. basically they arrive on the docks. They're like, okay, well, this is London. That's good. And then Susan falls off something, hurts her ankle, and it causes a little bit of a collapse with some girders and bridging, it and con- it all falls on the TARDIS and it, blocks it off. It continues the theme of thing, something which still annoys me: the fact that everything, the entire reason why we stay in these places is because the TARDIS is blocked off. Oh yeah, this happens every episode, but at least they're finding new and creative ways to mess it up. Yeah. We've had an awful lot. We've had it's what stuck behind trapdoors last season. Force fields. Force field. That was a good one. A caveman blocking our path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else did we have? It just gets more ambitious. Yeah. Doesn't it? More and more ambitious. Uh, but yeah, they go for the collapsed bridge this time, and that's kind of what kickstarts the story. The Robo Men mm-hmm. are an interesting one because that's definitely new for the Daleks. Is that? They've created a system where they're effectively turning. To be honest, it's pretty much like they're Cybermen, but without the metal bodies, they're just yeah. obedient, kind of under control. The Daleks are have got their heads and yeah. their bodies and using them for whatever they need. And I love the way they speak. The way they speak just amuses me. <laughs> it's just like it's just super broken up, very slow yeah. and stuttered English. It's perfect. You will work. <laughs> no, because their mouth opens more. It's like. Yeah, well, work for us. You will provide your yeah. labour. Yeah, you, you're going too Daleky there. That thing. No, That's no, what... I just, I just can't do Dalek. You, you I've invic- got the voice in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're jumping a lot here, but you know, right at the end when Barbara's doing the uh, the command. Yes. We'll get into what the command is there. Ah. You know, and she just does the Dalek impression. Do you know why, actually, though, I think that's quite good? It's because I have a feeling that back during Dalek Mania, that's probably what all the kids were doing. Oh, almost certainly. So that's just like a reference to what everyone was doing, which is really yeah. clever. So yeah, I, so yeah, back from episode one, Yes. It's really only from two that we really get a scope of the wider story and yeah. all the characters. But there Goodness is still loads. one phrase which I love 
from the first episode. So when Susan oh, and, and Barbara come in, they're, they're entering into a rebel's underground base thing and people are going like, oh, what? and all the survivors were going, like, what do these people do? What that stuff? I can't remember who it is now. And one of them goes, goes like, what does Barbara do? Oh, she, 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 she can cook. Put Barbara's off nods and goes, yeah. Uh, and then they, they point at Susan and they go, well, what does she do? And soon she goes, I eat. Two more pairs of hands. Hmm, good. We she says she can cook. Can get... Oh, can you? And what do you do? I eat. <laughs> and it's just, it's like that. I personally think it's a crucial role. That was the point where I realised they'd actually figured out a little bit of a writing, a way to write Susan. Um, yeah. There was actually a bit of personality in that line. But yeah, I think it was uh, Tyler who asks that. And, yeah. Uh, because with episode two, you get introduced to this big rebel group who are resisting the Dalek occupation of, well, the whole Earth. They yeah. seemingly have the whole Earth under control. Um, yeah, you get introduced to a lot of characters like Tyler, who is one he, of the standouts in terms of how much he has to do. Who initially did, really did just want to break away from the group, but then yeah, kind Tyler of got dragged just, in. Yeah, he's almost in. like a lone wolf, isn't he? Very yeah. distrusting. So this is in episode two, really, we start going to now, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're in episode two now, which is mainly concerning the rebels and everyone trying to plan an attack because yes. the Doctor and Ian have now been captured by Dalek forces. So we go, we meet Dortmund, who's a guy in a wheelchair, who's supposedly a scientist who's making bombs. However, his yeah. bombs... Never work. They're very, they're very poor bombs. He he believes in them, which is which is yeah. for some value, but not much. But I I can't actually decide whether he's an actual scientist or just a con man. <laughs> like, it's never really explicitly said. Like he always says he's a scientist, but there's never any yeah. proof. No, because because he 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 has them. We we led to believe this is our second attempt at attacking the Daleks at least, mm. and they didn't work beforehand. So then they again go and fight for Daleks again. They're planning to fight for Daleks again using a new formula. And when we, when we get to that point in episode three, they don't work there. No, it's um, it's arguably ineffective. <laughs> so then we go on to, I've gone, completely forgotten what episode it is now, but um, Barbara, Jenny and Deutman are on their own. Deutman goes runs off to try try again with an even it's newer formula three isn't it i don't think it's three i'm not honestly can't three or four yeah i honestly can't remember which one it is and he tries it again it also doesn't work <laughs> it never work yeah th- yeah there's three attempts one off screen one in two and one in a later episode none of them work no. i mean really what we're saying is that the leader of the biggest resistance group in london is just a massive waffler I'm seriously not sure if he's con- whether he's just a conman or not. <laughs> he's just he's just there, like come get your Dalek destroying bombs. Come get them. Do they work? You'll find out. Yeah, it's the most questionable guy. Yeah. All the while that the rebels are planning and executing this ill-fated attack, the Doctor and Ian are stuck on one of the Dalek saucers, which a lot of the humans, uh, or at least constantly say, you know, once you're in a Dalek saucer, there's there's no hope for you. Yeah. You're gone. And so they're held, they're imprisoned alongside uh, Craddock. Craddock. I think it's Craddock. Yes. So he, Doctor Ian and Craddock are a held prisoner, but they get left a puzzle, don't they? They get left a puzzle which they need to solve, and if they pass it, they become for Robo Men. But they just think they're escaping. 
yeah, effectively, the belief is that they've seen a uh, a way that a Dalek could get out of the cell in case they were ever locked in, which is based on uh, magnets and pulling the magnets using um, light magnetic force. Yeah, apologies, I'm really not a scientist. But uh, yeah, the Doctor obviously figures it out. Uh, but it ends up that the Daleks were right on guard at the door. They yeah. immediately pick him up and decide, well, sorry, son, you're about to get robotized. But can I just... There's two things about this scene which annoy me. They're very minor things, I admit, but they annoy me nonetheless. Which such as? So first of all, we're led to believe that all the robo-men pass this test. Hmm. Even Ian was confused by the test, and he's a science teacher, so we're led to believe he's quite intelligent. See, what I believe happens is that if you pass the test, great. But if not, they're probably making Roboman anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then also, they know for Doctor solve for puzzle. In fact, they beforehand they go, "There's no cameras in here. There's no cameras in here. There's only cameras outside." Yeah, they know. Well, then I guess one. they know that if the if the door opens, they know that's the only way to open the door. Yeah, but they do, they specifically target 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 for Doctor, not say Ian or Craddock. Craddock could have solved. Craddock could have solved it for all, we, for all they know. Yeah, although Craddock was definitely going to To be honest, the Doctor is uh, is very, very spiteful towards Craddock. That's really <laughs> funny. And <laughs> can't stand him. I, I did love the Ian and Doctor scenes when they were in prison, though. Yeah, it shows how um how similar they've become. Like, they've taken little bits of themselves and added yeah. it to, them, to their characters. It's been written really nicely, their little development since we've started. Yeah, and you can tell which they're actually friends, that they can actually put up with each other. Yeah, yeah, they can tolerate each other, and they do work together still to solve that problem. Like Ian does help, yeah, a lot, and they use their knowledge together. Of course, he's about to get robotized. The Doctor in, in episode two, he's put on this, uh, this like slab with yes. a, a thing, but eventually it doesn't happen because uh, the attack begins, the ill-fated one, which causes enough of a distraction to get him out of the uh, out of the slab. Yes, but he's knocked out, so he can't actually escape, which is why we're mentioning before he gets carried out because he's. He's put to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Will. Yeah, he's anesthetized yes. by uh, the dance in preparation for the operation that never takes place. So then at three, everyone starts to split up a bit. Yeah. So Barbara and Ian nearly get together, but they kind of get separated from Melee. So Ian mm. stows away on board the saucer. Barbara goes with Jenny and sort of. and. Uh, what's his name? I've forgotten his name already. Dortmund and Tyler. Yeah, Jenny Dortmund. Actually, no, Tyler doesn't go. Tyler separates, goes off and does his own stuff. Yeah. And then, so they there's loads of exterior shots of them running through streets of London with Daleks following them. Which is where that great iconography comes in. Yeah, and then the Doctor and Susan are with one of your favourite side characters, David Campbell. Oh, yeah. We, I can't wait to talk about David Campbell. Who then eventually meet up with Tyler later on. And Ian is with um, Larry Madison. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry. I like Larry. So let's let's try and break this down, because this is really uh, episodes three and four. Yeah. To an extent, if not more, is you've got these different storylines that are all converging on this one place, which is a very large mine, which we're led yes. to believe is the entirety of Bedfordshire. Yes. But this is where it gets interesting. So they they show this as a, sort of like a massive mine, but essentially just a tunnel which goes down, right? Yeah. So in the initial st- script, that was completely different. How so? 
So in the initial script, it was meant to be a massive fissure, literally just called, I've completely forgotten what they've called it now, but they, the abyss, they used to call, they called it from abyss. The abyss. Going through like the entirety of the UK, crossing through Manchester and all that stuff. Wow. Um, and they were, and the story was going to be changed. So we'll go on to the ending a bit more later, but yeah. essentially the ending was going to be, which they sent Ian across in a, they were going to send the bomb across to just the center of it. And it's a specific point. It will cause the end game, which we already know from this episode. Yeah. So what ended up happening was Ian would accidentally just end up being in this cable car thing going across and nearly break the wire. Daleks realise this, gets in escapes after they pull it back. But then Daleks check out the cable car, realise, oh no, it's all fine, the, cable, the car's fine, it'll get be fine. They send it back across, and at this point, the cable car just breaks, just by luck, <laughs> and then goes, <laughs> and then goes um, down into the, hot, into the abyss. And that's it, that's, that's, that's how the story would have resolved. Yes, and just the Daleks would all die off, but our cast mysteriously survive which is still starts partly in it <laughs> but yeah that's good a, lord jesus okay uh thank god they didn't run with that because the writer in me is going i you are allowed i think in a story one good coincidence you'll add one yeah i think people will go with one anything else and anything that pivotal to the story no way you cannot do that it has to be constructed that's around free luck base things resulting in the end of the episode yeah but it doesn't mean that it just basically makes you feel like the characters haven't earned the yeah. ending it's just like oh cable car's broken lucky guys better but, luck next time <laughs> like are you kidding yeah so elements of that, oh, are, that elements of that are kind of still in the episode because they look over cliffs and things like that they ian still goes into a cable car at one point but yeah yeah, elements have stayed, but it, it's done in a much more constructed way. I mean, there's still bits that aren't great, but but it's much better than yeah. than that proposal. My word. So yeah, there are some good moments. Back back to three yeah. and four. Sorry, I, there are I some really good moments, and that's fine. We always jump, don't we? Um, yeah, moments like uh, Barbara just running through a dark, <laughs> like mowing one down. Yes, that's great. And Jenny ends up Jenny ends up being quite a nice side character for Barbara because you get these two women who mm-hmm. both see themselves as fairly strong, yeah, but have different approaches. So Jenny's quite a sort of hardline lady. Jenny was initially going to take over Susan's place in Vitalis. Oh wow! She was going. The initial plan was for her to have her stow away inside Vitalis. I I wouldn't have minded that because no. Jenny starts out being quite uh quite a tough nut to crack, but she quite softens up and, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Barbara and Jenny learn from each other in a really organic way, but they, but they have a nice story, especially when they're trying to get to uh trying to get to the mine. There's that bit where they uh come across the two clothes makers, and that whole yeah. scene is great. And yeah, Barbara just has a really great episode. Mm. And then on the subject of should we talk about... Do you want to talk about Ian first? Do you want to talk about Susan in four? Ian and uh, Larry. Because they... Yeah, let's do let's do Ian and Larry. They they managed to get into... A, they survived their stowaway trip on top side of the TARDIS ship. Not TARDIS ship, the Dalek ship. <laughs> yeah, I'll be something. <laughs> and then they get taken back to the mine, the mine shaft where all the mining's going on. They meet 
Ashton, a um, black market dealer, and they also come in front with a sliver. Yeah, the now Dalek's what is a pet. sliver? A Dalek's pet, yeah. So that's a fun fact. So I, 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 this episode is just full of fun facts, which I find fascinating. Yeah, no, keep going. They're really fun facts. Um, so did you notice between episode... Because they end on cliffhanger with a sliver creeping up on Ian, and then they come back to Ian, they're being chased into a minecart, into a cable car situation. Yeah. Did you notice how the um, sliver changed massively? A little bit, actually, yeah, because it starts out being... It had a head which sort of resembled a squid, didn't it? It had a pointed head. Yeah, it was like a proper creature, whereas it looked just a bit more sort of like a hairier thing. And then they then recreated it to have like eyes mm. coming off the top, protruding, and all that stuff. But, yeah, but why did they do that? Why not just stick with the one design? Or is there some mad production fact that will necessitate the change? I don't think so. At least not much I know of. Or for the sources, by the way, for this information is going to be down below because it's a really good video by a guy whose name I've completely forgotten. So it's I in apologize. the description, yeah, so, so we don't have to remember it. It's in You're the there. description, so you can go watch it. Um, so yeah, they, they just completely change up. And apparently Sliver was a really big deal for this episode. Like everyone was... A news reporter went out with the guy who plays for Sliver to ask for a drawing. So he drew it... And then the next episode has changed completely. Yeah, it's a completely <laughs> different design. Yeah. But yeah. No. Um, so he, Ian and Ian and Larry go into the shaft. They go down where they meet Susan, where they find Barbara. Hmm. Um, Larry is then killed by what turned by Robotman, which turns out to be his brother. Oh yeah, that scene is um, that scene's a bit of a heavy one because he realizes that one of the Robotmen's his brother, and he just. He's just like, look, I know that this won't work, but I have to plead to my brother to yeah. try and get him back. And that is it. That what ends up killing him. It's really quite yeah. dark. Doesn't he end up killing his brother as well? It's, it's yeah, never they, s- they, both, they both kill each other, really. Yeah, it's never spelled out, but that's what I'm assuming happened. Because doesn't... doesn't um, his name's Phil, isn't it? The brother. Yeah. The, Phil the Roboman has this electric kind of bar. Yes. He kind of hugs him, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think they both they both get the shock... Mm. And they both go from that, and then obviously because because Phil is the Roboman guarding the prisoners, because there's more than just yeah. um, Ian and Larry down there. They all get freed, and that's really where the where the chaos starts down the mines, which gets us through the through the rest of the episode. Yes. Yeah. So shall we move on to Susan and their new friends? I let you could take on this psyche. I know you like this character. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me. So um. Yeah. We've been over. Barbara's met a new friend called Jenny. Ian has met a couple of new friends on the way. He also meets that guy Ashton for a little bit during the episode. Yeah, he's like black a sort of market paid dealer. bounty hunter. And Wells as well, a minor man who saves them from a Roboman at one point. Oh yeah, Wells. Yeah, I liked Wells. He's got a little bit of like a northern sensibility about him. Yeah. Yeah, nice character. Uh but the one that the one side character that really jumps out to me in terms of quality and how important he is to the story in the end is David Campbell. Yes. David Campbell. We're going to have to have a dreamboat category in this Doctor Who podcast, Owen, because David Campbell, right now, top of the list. What a man. What a specimen of a human being. He's he's just really wonderful. He's a really good actor. And um, he gets to play almost like a romantic lead for Susan. And it's really, like, it doesn't feel mawkish. It's actually really well done. Yeah. 
However, they do have the quickest proposal of all time, I think. Oh, yeah. That, don't At worry about the fact he proposes marriage after like a day. Yeah. But that it was the 60s. You yeah. did that, you know. You meet a woman, you own her already. That's not all right. Um, let's just go forward. <laughs> <laughs> I just what, probably need to clarify that. Even in the 60s, that was not okay. We should not just have accepted that back then. But let's move on. <laughs> Disclaimer, I do not condone the owning of women. Uh... Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so they they essentially adventure down the sewers, don't they? Yeah, they go down with the Doctor and they try and navigate their way through and they end up in a whole bunch of pitfalls. All the while, Susan and David are, are becoming more comfortable with one another. Yes, fighting over a fish at one point. Yeah, because David is initially initially comes from that rebel group. Yeah, uh, he's one of the people that finds. Uh, well, he's the person who initially speaks to Barbara in episode one, mm-hmm. um, when they discover the injured Susan. So he's there right from the start, and it's already clear that David has a real. There's almost like a caring quality that he has for Susan. He, you initially think, oh, maybe it's because he sees that she's quite young. He, he's essentially from, he's the most friendly one out of a bunch, isn't he? Yeah, certainly. Because you've got a lot of the other ones, like Jenny is very tough nut and at the start, and Tyler certainly. I mean, yeah. he's pretty much distrustful of the whole thing. David is the one that's the most hopeful and the most approachable. Yeah. And that really helps him with Susan because they, they're kind of like peas in a pod in that regard. They're both hanging around with people who are much harder around the edges than they are. Yeah. And the thing which Susan latches onto in part of a conversation, Susan essentially goes, I don't have a place to call my own i don't have a home i've never belonged in a place hmm. which then leads leads to the ending essentially yeah because the whole linchpin really for her episode is is the feeling that she's never really belonged anywhere and that is what sets up the ending and almost takes that whole episode through thematically hmm. and it gives susan just a really good arc it's frustrating that they couldn't figure this out in episodes before they realized they were binning her because you can see now that there is a way to use her and make her a mm. very good character because this is by far her best episode. Yeah. But I also don't know how they could have replicated it. Maybe not. I think you'd have had to do different things. I definitely mm. don't think... I'm not suggesting that Susan have a love interest yeah. in every planet <laughs> and every time, but, but I mean, it's, you're not going to find many yeah. men like David Campbell for a start, but... <laughs> I'm not having a Dreamboat Award. I'm just saying that at the end of this this season, I'm refusing. Look, if there's no one, if there is someone even remotely close to David Campbell, it would be a crime not to have one because we need to put some respect on this man's name. But I think this brings us into something which really does make this episode for me. The yeah. side characters in this episode are amazing. They've yeah, all very, got their very, very distinct personalities. They all have got different dimensions to them, and the fact which I can remember a lot. Believe it or not, this is me remembering their names a lot better than other names which we've yeah. got. The fact which we can actually sit here and talk about them all individually, because when we we're talking about the fouls in the first Star Trek episode, we were just talking about them as a bunch. Yeah, they're all kind of the same. But here we can actually pick them all out individually and talk about their pitfalls. James can have a romantic interest in one of them. It's all going a bit weird, but you can we can ignore that. Oh, it isn't <laughs> weird. He's just a lovely man. And you, but while we were off, you compared him to Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. And I'm sorry, yeah. there's very few people that are more dreamboated than Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. 
I have a lot of friends who will die on that hill. But moving on from that, first foot swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, but like you were saying, back on back on a genuine note. Yeah, I, I think the way, I think the reason why we remember the side characters, we like them so much, is all of them have a really nice, distinct personality trait from the get go, and they all have a reason to be there. Yeah, and I'm not just on about like one plot point. They're there for one plot point, say which, like the woman foul in the first episode of Dark when she's purely there essentially for in to attempt to kidnap her <laughs> um, yeah all these people have got they've got reasons to be there which make sense within the story yeah and what I like certainly with a side character is you don't have much time to go into depth mm. so and this this maybe will border into some writing advice but I will just continue on this path and see where I end up um a good thing when you're writing side characters is just to give them something that's really obvious and surface level at the start, just so you remember them from the off. Like, oh, um, you know, like on a boy band when people yeah. will say, oh, you know, they're the they're the sexy one or they're the uh, the nerdy one or they're the brooding one. Yeah, like it's kind of like that with side characters. So Tyler is the distrustful, edgy one. Mm. Jenny is the tough one. Uh, yeah. David is the nice one. So, you know, you have those little traits already. But then when you keep developing through the story, you get to put them in different situations and you can explore them a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper every time. So yeah. you don't have to go too deep, but you get a lot out of that because you're just showing different sides of the character. It's a really, really good way to do it. It's very well done. Yeah. But going back on to Susan, Doctors, Tyler and Campbell's adventure through the sewers... They get set upon by two Robo-Men and they end up killing them or nearly killing one of them. Hmm. Do you remember this scene? I have some memory of this sequence. So, so they're going, Robo-Men are going down the ladder, they start a fight and one of them's on the floor, nearly dead. Hmm. And Tyler goes to shoot it. And then the doctor goes, I don't like taking a life unless it's mine on the line. There's a caveman who wants to have words with you. <laughs> yeah, we have... Will, 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 we love you, but you did try to put a rock through a man's head not seven not-burned stories ago. Yeah. We we see right through that. Admittedly, uh, although... it's a year anniversary, I think, by the time it's broadcasting. It was a year anniversary of it being recorded, but still... You did try to kill a man earlier for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on you. It's on your record. We we, yeah. we saw it. We're listening. What I do also want to bring up about that scene is the fight choreography in the Robo-Man ladder fight sequence is shocking. And that's what makes it good. <laughs> Harvey, I don't think Doctor Who in this generation has worked out how to do a good fight scene. Because even the... in the big fight scene at the in episode two and three when they're fighting over saucer from failed attempt even that i didn't have a bloody clue what was going on in the issues at the moment are the same issues that you'll find in any sort of half-assed action movie um the action is difficult to follow yeah when they're fighting it doesn't look like they're fighting it looks like they're sort of grappling looks like they're trying to hug each other they're trying to hug each other they just want to hug it's a BBC Saturday Night Family show in the 1960s, so I understand why you can't show 
massive yeah. violence. Like you can't show people getting absolutely whacked in the head and their teeth going out and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But but at the moment, it just looks like whenever you see a fight scene at the moment, I just go, oh no, this is going to be great. Because you're just going to watch people awkwardly move around and eventually yeah. some people will keep moving and some people's bodies will be on the floor. Mm. Yeah, they aren't good. But it has like a cheesy vibe, which suits it. So yeah. it isn't too bad. It's a good laugh at least. It- it works what it's trying to do. Yeah. Needs more Wilhelm screams, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Doesn't I th- everything. I think it's largely technical for reasons why they are so bad as well. Yeah, there are... The budget's low. Not even it, it's budget, difficult. Not even budget-wise, just technology-wise. They're not far mm. enough ahead yet. Um, and then we're coming up to the end, really, aren't we, at this point? Yeah, because by this point, everyone has congregated in the great big mine of Bedfordshire, and we realise the Daleks' true master plan is to take control of the Earth and use it as a spaceship through questionable science. Now, I'd like to say two things about this. (laughs) One, Russell T Davies is elite because the stolen Earth is clearly a reference to this. (laughs) It's clearly a reference to this, and that's very cool. And there's also the Daleks are the masters of Earth, which keeps cropping up, does crop up in the Stolen Earth. Like, they go for it. Like, they really do spin off this episode. Um, But secondly, on a scientific level, now I've watched Journey to the Centre of the Earth, um, the Brendan Fraser one, and this makes that look like a nature documentary. For science in this one, is questionable at best. It's amazing that this show was meant almost as like a half educational program. Like they spend a good five minutes explaining that Dalek key plot with the yeah. gamma refractions and all that. Like it's really well explained and it's all scientifically accurate. And then not an hour later this in story happens. time, we're talking about flying the earth. Yeah. You can tell they need a site proper science advisor, can't you? Like is it that hard? Just just have a bomb. Just say we're gonna blow up the earth. But I think the issue is with that just having a bomb is that the question then becomes why if Daleks invaded a planet purely to blow it up? Well, I've seen a lot of <laughs> movies where aliens have just decided to blow up planets. But, it's not new. <laughs> particularly in this version of Doctor, I don't know if you've realised it, they're very good at making sure there's a reason behind everything. Yeah, sometimes everything is motivated. To, sometimes to a fault. There's always what, what example can you give of sometimes to a fault? Because I'm just really curious as to what you what you entirely mean by that. So they go, just in this episode, this is a very minor version of it, but there's been other things in episodes which I just can't remember off the top of my head. But they, when they explain how, oh, look, there's sources behind the Daleks so they can operate on Earth. That doesn't mm. need to be there. No. That's just there just for, for fluff. Yeah, it has its own effect. I mean, it yeah. fleshes out the Daleks as, like, yeah. it's their plan. It doesn't really have a story effect too much, but it fleshes them out mm. and gives a sense of motivation, which is always good. I, I get the idea of flying the Earthworks as a motivation, sure. Mm. It just sounds a bit like... Like, when I heard it listening to the episode, I was, or watching the episode, I was just like, uh... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. We're jumping boats today, aren't we? Definitely. Um, (laughs) So um, we come across them. They all kind of land in the same place 
Um, Ian overhears conversations about how the bomb, the plan for the bomb, and he, he hides inside the capsule, sort of by mistake, sort of by luck. Yeah, he just needs sort some of deliberate. Cover. Um, Barbara and Jenny have ended up in third to for Dalek's control room where Barbara is lying quite uh, I want to say badly but also it's amazing uh, yeah let, do you know what, let's actually talk about the scene properly so yeah. the build up to it is they're in the mine Robomen and the Daleks find them they wonder why they're not in the line and Barbara spins this yarn that they know, that she knows there's going to be a rebel attack which <laughs> which truthfully there is um, and that if they Red take Indians. them up to the yeah, <laughs> they take him up to the supreme Dalek. That he'll she'll tell him about it. They get to the control room. They say, "Right, uh, tell us all we we kill you." And Barbara, under pressure, just reels off every single historical attack she knows. The Indians will be coming, but we've captured the entire area of India. The Red Indians are coming, disguised, and, <laughs> and then the Boston Tea and Party. And the Boston and Tea Party will attack from the other side, and then Hannibal will get involved. <laughs> uh, at this point, for Darcy, they go. This seems questionable. Yeah, this is like Dortmund levels of waffle. And then, and then they tr- try to dive over to the Robo Men control panel and simply tell them to self-destruct. But then Daleks go, wait, what? No, wait, wait, no, you go over there. We'll put you into the neck handcuff things. Yeah, they have neck handcuffs, which uh, bondage lovers will enjoy, but otherwise are very impractical. And also, on the note of your coincidences and impracticality, have you noticed how they're the exact height for both actresses? Like, if they captured anyone else, they'd be screwed. But these two people, they're fine. <laughs> Yeah, imagine if they wanted to put like a kid in there. That's just like hanging, <laughs> or or just or just someone else of a different size. Yeah, no, they are they're very well measured. Um, yeah. How convenient! <laughs> Production constraints really are a wonderful thing in, in art. Um, but eventually, everyone converges. Yeah. Ian by by hook or by crook gets out of this capsule. Was able to free himself. He ends up at the control room. The doctor yeah. runs in with Susan and Tyler just, and David. Just to with quickly them. say something because it's vital to the end of it. Um, Ian essentially blocks the tube up where the bomb will go with a piece of with words to stop it going down. Continue. Mm. Yes. So Ian has blocked that off. Yeah. So the dice must plan is ruined already, uh, and then they manage to get the Daleks surprised. And at that point. Barbara is able to issue the command mm-hmm. to the Robomen to turn on the Daleks, which works surprisingly well and surprisingly quickly. Yes. What did you think of this ending? It's it's not bad, but it reminds me of the ending to the first Dalek series we had mm. last season, where it's just kind of, oh, we need a very sudden way of dealing with them. Yeah. So I agree with you on that point. However, I feel like it's the first one which truly felt earned. And truly made me feel happy, which they achieved the end. Yeah, yeah, it, it's earned. It's like, a little bit quick, but it's earned. When you see all the, the people being free and destroying all the Daleks and being all excited, you legitimately feel really happy, which they've been freed and we've got to this point in the story. Yeah, there is a great, great shot they have where there's just a bunch of um, these freed uh, workers just lifting the Daleks up. It, yeah. it's, it looks like like a like a rock concert. The Dalek <laughs> is like upside down. It's hilarious to look at. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it works really well. And yeah, it, it wraps things up in maybe too convenient of a bow because eventually they're just like, oh, well, they're going to still launch the capsule anyway. It's going to blow up the mine. So we all need to get out. Um, and then they conveniently don't die despite not being that far away from the mine. Yeah, they ain't that far. But don't worry, even though they use like stock footage of what presumably looks like nuclear tests. Nuclear mixed so- with lava. Yeah, yeah, because it's a volcanic eruption of molten beneath the crust of the Earth. But yes. don't worry, it's just a bit of smoke. They're fine on the nearby cliff. Yes. It's a classic, don't worry about it. Yes. And then we get to the ending, which which you think, oh, this feels a bit like long. It's because we need to have the tragic Susan goodbye. Yeah, which we've mostly already discussed, really, I think. We've gone into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just want to say again that... It's it's nice that they ended it in the way they did with the Doctor kind of making the decision for her. I know that yeah. a few people might go, oh, well, that's you're taking the like a female character's decision away from them and that isn't good. But it works because it becomes clear that she couldn't have left without being pushed. Yeah, I think, I think it's justified because you can clearly see she's struggling to decide between the two. Yeah. And it's, and it's no less than the... And a parent going, no, you need to go down this route. That's essentially what happens. Yeah, and he's right. Like, it's not like he's kicking her out. It is the right call. However, he does lie to her. Outright, he lies to her. Yeah, he does. Because he goes, one day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there should be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward and all of your belief and prove you... I'm not mistaken in, in mine. This was actually meant to be longer, but they, but William Hartman forgot some of the lines, they just left it. <laughs> uh, to be fair, there was a lot of technical faults this day, so he just kind of just went out of his brain because he was just so distracted. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it still works the way it is. I think if it went longer than that, my word. Yeah. It's quite a long monologue anyway. Yeah. But if it was justified, but he specifically said, we will come back. He's never shown going back there, at least in the TV no. show. He does in the audiobooks, I think. Yeah, but it's a, it's not TV relevant. So we're not going to be seeing Carol again. That is it for her. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Before, before, we, before we do our final cap up then, should we have a little quick Susan, the whole thing? What do we yes. feel about her as a companion? I feel like, as we've said all the way through this, she has been the worst one of the bunch. Yeah. It's, However... It's just they haven't figured out how to write her. I feel like this ending was the best one for her. Yeah, they write her out well, and she has a good episode. It feels complete. It feels like there's a reason behind leaving her behind, unlike in some other times when companions have left. They haven't started killing off companions yet, which is quite nice. Oh, yeah, we're not at the point where the only way to end the series is to trap people in parallel worlds. Or just wipe their memory. Yeah, um, <laughs> wipe their memory, or um, have them die in 1930s New York. Or have them die, but then brought back to life. because Only to they, die some more. They can't get rid of Clara. <laughs> um, I'm not getting into this now, but Clara... There's a long discussion. If we ever get to Clara, yeah. geez. 
Anyway, so I think that does wrap out the whole of the Dalek invasion of Earth and what an invasion it was. Yes, this is going to be for the longest episode yet, even if I oh, cut yeah, out we've chunks. Been, we have been going. Goodness me. But but the thing is, like, I feel like we haven't wasted any time or gone no. on ridiculous tangents. That's the crazy thing about us. There's just so much to talk about. Just on one other ridiculous tangent, because I think it's an oh, hilarious... Um, it's an hilarious anecdote from Facet, which I like. You know how in the background of everything, they have like veto, a sort of like veto, the sort of like, hey propaganda sign yeah i was wondering about that actually it felt very brexit but i wasn't sure why it was there it was an in joke amongst the cut for crew against the props department because whenever the props got too complicated or the scenes that get too complicated props department would veto it <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that's why so yeah it's, it's just that that's quite funny yeah, because there's a lot of props like that, weren't they? In um, I'm trying to remember exactly where those props were, like the like that ice cream stand. Was it when Dortmund gets himself gets himself offed? They're in the background of that shot. They're in the background of when Susan, Doctor, and name forgotten, um, where Susan, <laughs> Doctor, and Campbell are in that sort of like corridor with Doctor being ill because Doctor was ill. Uh, yeah. They're in the background of that shot as well. They just turn up randomly in the streets of London. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, actually, one tiny, tiny tangent before we recap. Just can we speak one more time about the fact that they literally filmed Daleks in the middle of London and closed central London off for it? I don't think they closed central London off for it. Well, it looked like they had. It was really impressive. And they, it, they managed it. It was very early Sunday morning. Ah, well, then they did it at the right time because it looks absolutely deserted. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have been, I think even in modern day, you wouldn't be able to shut off that much of a chunk of London. Yeah, I was thinking, I mean, it was like a popular show at the time, so maybe, but yeah. Now I realise that I think that is a lot to ask for any production. I mean, Doctor Who wasn't even able to really shut it off for the 50th and they turn up in the same place. Yeah, I think it's purely because they shot it ridiculously early. Yeah, it would have probably been, I mean, I'm not sure exactly when it was filmed, but if they were filming it in the summer... Mm then you get that really early light at like 4 or 5 a.m. Then you could have done it then. I think it was broadcast around November. Well, yeah, you yeah, still November, get good light. December. If you were still on like BST, you'd be all right. Yeah, but that's what happened there. That's it's, how they I did. don't know, just the iconography of those shots. Like, oh my goodness. But anyway, we that's are, just Doctor Who. We are nearly over an hour long in our record We'd like to keep. We like to keep. Let's recap this. Let's recap this. We'd like to keep it maximum forty-five minutes. We're definitely over that. Um, Yeah, we'll have to cut some things, but I. But this episode does justify good chat. Um, so out of ten, what do you give it? I can't give it a ten because because I feel like if I was going to give it that, it would have to be pretty much perfect. And it isn't perfect. That there are lapses in that fourth episode where it does feel a bit slow and there's not much going on. There are conveniences with the ending. There are some characters that are weaker than others, but they're all fairly good. So it's not a 10, but it's not a million miles away, is it? It's, no. And the Dalek shots are practically an 11. Mm. So put that all together, it's got to be a good 9. It's terrific. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to be around the same, uh, a 9-ish level. Because... It is everything Doctor Who could and should be. It's It reminds yeah. you why you damn love the show. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with a two-parter. Yeah, a tiny, tiny one. Yes, even smaller than the other ones. I hope they'll be better than the other smaller ones which we've had. 
which neither yeah. of us have really liked. Maybe this podcast ends up becoming a double header and we just tack on like 10 minutes of that. <laughs> um, so we've got the rescue coming up next yeah. week. But until then, and next Sunday when you can listen to... Monday. Like, Monday, sorry, we we've, have changed to Monday, haven't we? have changed we? Monday now, haven't we? Yeah, we've changed over to Monday. Apologies. So until next Monday, yes. when you can listen to us chat about the rescue, if you want to talk to us about Dalek Invasion of Earth or have a chat about what we've chatted about, then you can get in contact with us uh, in multiple ways. You can get in touch with us on Twitter by following at blackarchive.pod. Not dot. That's my, the freaking email. Uh, at blackarchivepod is our twitter and blackarchivepod at gmail.com is our email address where you can do roughly the same thing just with more characters what are you patting i was clapping you for getting for our details oh i thought you were like patting your phone no. your clapping doesn't sound very loud in my head no i was differently being quiet so it doesn't get picked up on the microphone for goodness sake <laughs> It's that's way too good. I was literally just thinking, is that in, like using like touch touch screen phone or something? Yeah. But, but yeah, that's where you can get in contact yeah. with us. Tweet us if you where you think they could have sent for Daleks to if they couldn't do London. Oh, that'd be cool. New York, surely. Some good landmarks. Tweet us. Yeah. yeah Eiffel Tower would have been nice. Yeah, there's loads you there's loads for that. So yeah, tweet yeah. us if you have any good ideas for that uh until then make Actually, sure to follow us stop, wherever you get your podcast stop 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 i've just realized an important point we need to get across oh god we well, need to do it before the end of this podcast we've worked out the answer the, the question which we all had oh my god how many dark dicks does it take a book club we've worked it out owen tell the world one and one robo man can't believe I didn't pick up on that the whole way particularly when um, Barbara shows him the piece of paper of course oh my word it's the robo man halting that's all you need so all the Dalek has to do to go to book club is to enslave someone and with that mentally and physically and on that wonderfully cheery note goodbye for this week <laughs> we'll catch you next week goodbye congratulations you've made it to the end of time well just this episode really it's not that dramatic but thanks very much for getting here if you've liked what you heard uh, you can get in touch with us on twitter at black archive pod or via email at black pod at gmail.com And, of course, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.